people think about DARPA and they see the military, you know, doing these pieces here, but, you know, as we know with every other piece of tech, the military will have it, and then it will filter down into the private sector, and then we'll figure out uses for it. Part of the hesitation, right? It's part of it is people have seen the canines. And people react very differently when they see it. Some people flock to it because they want to, you know, pet it for lack of a better word. They want to kind of see it interact. Other people take a step back going like, hey, what's this going to do to me? Welcome to the Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Is EP ready for robots? Sounds science fiction, but what is the real story? I'm here with Elijah Shaw, and today we're going to be talking to Mark Fulmer of Robotic Assisted Devices, great friend of not just the industry, but ASIS and the security industry as a whole. Elijah, tell us this is a good topic for EP, because I really hope it will be. (laughs) Well, you know, when we were first discussing potential topics and, and people to have on, I had to wrap my head around this. But the more I thought about it, the more I was intrigued. And one of the reasons is, is because I think our mandate at the magazine and with the circuit media period is to try and expose the industry to new concepts and ideas. And so just like in other industries, they're pushing forward, they're researching new technology, uh, new tactics and techniques. We have to do the exact same thing. And so when we talk about you know, again, I would call it future tech, but as we can see, uh, it's actually happening in, in place. We can see how we can use that as in the close protection community uh, for ourselves and for our clients. And you know what? We could totally do it in a clickbait fashion where we basically tell people it's going to take over the world. It's going to take your jobs. It's going to be like the Terminator. Sure. But we don't even need to do the clickbait. I think people are naturally fascinated with robots, but there are robots everywhere now. They, they, they don't look like a person. They don't look like necessarily a sure. dog. Um, where do mm-hmm. you think robots could be useful on an EP operation? Well, okay. So to your, the, your first statement, I remember when uh, the, the, the Rombas came out which, you know, the, the, the vacuums. And I go, who the heck needs this? A, a regular vacuum's just fine. And then you saw that, oh, wait a minute. I could be in one room doing some work and the floor still gets vacuumed in the other room. And you said, I became that much more productive. And so when I, I think about it as it relates to EP, again, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be like, oh, we're going to lose our jobs to our robot overlords. Instead is we could utilize this tool out in the field. You know, we could have an extra set of eyes or ears or hands and, and, and it could work for us. And so that's where I see the benefit. And that's where I'm really interested in, in listening to our, um, our guest today. And especially in some of those larger operators where there is a, a bigger duty of care for lone workers. This, this could be your sure. buddy. This sure. could be something watching your back. But you know what? Why not have something that you could throw up and it, it could augment your operation in terms of eyes in the sky? Uh, why not have a couple of canines in the back sure. of the truck, which are in fact robots? Absolutely. I mean, and you know, and people think about 
DARPA and they see the military, you know, doing these pieces here. But, you know, as we know with every other piece of tech, the military will have it and then it will filter down into the private sector and then we'll figure out uses for it. So we don't want to be behind the curve on anything. And that includes something like this. Absolutely. Now, we're going to hear from uh, Mark Fulmer. And you know what? This is kind of timely because I am separately running a small forum for physical security and robotics. And I just wanted to capture this moment, this moment when the wider security community gets aware of what is going on. <laughs> maybe sure. maybe we can do a, oh, you saw it here first. But these things are there ready for you to buy or rent. This is not, mm -hmm. this is not some super future science fiction technology. And I think some of the big operators are already going to be using them. Well, I'll tell you what, after we drop the episode, we'll get some feedback. We'll talk about it either inside the circuit, uh, um, <clears throat> inside, the, uh, inside the circuit magazine or the BBA Connect or the NAVA Protector. And then, then we'll come back and see if uh, we, it was a success for us. Let's do it. Let us know. Here's Mark Fulmer and we're talking robotics in EP. And now, let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine. Robotic Assisted Devices and Executive Protection or Executive Security. Is it an unnatural fit or are we really onto something? We are very, very pleased to be joined by Mark Fulmer of Robotic Assisted Devices. I'm here with Elijah Shaw, and we're going to explore how this could apply to EP. And it's not actually science fiction. So, Mark, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I'm great, Phil. I'm really happy to be, uh, really happy to be here with you and, uh, and Elijah. So, Mark, let's do our three quickfire questions. The purpose of our quickfire questions, we just get into very succinct thinking around the topic, and then we'll go into more of a discussion. What do you think robotic-assisted devices are trying to solve in the industry right now? That's a great question, and I got to answer that right in less than uh, less than thirty minutes. So, so what are we trying to solve? We are trying to open the eyes, I guess, or open opportunities to. Uh, looking at security from a different perspective, looking at security services from a different pr perspective. So using technology, using robotic devices to take some of the mundane, some of the, you know, those boring tasks that, you know, people as a premium don't really want to do and don't really want to interact with. Love it. And, and, and what about you? Tell us a little bit about your background, where your passion for this comes from. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Phelan. So I'm, I've been in the industry for, 25 years, more or less, right? Started, started when I was 12, of course. But um, so uh, 25, started the career off, uh, I'm a business grad, so not a natural security person, started the career off in the, in the security service side, right? Worked with um, uh, security service providers, both international and, and national. Uh, from there, started a consulting business on the physical security side. And that led me to some executive security service work uh, for a large telecommunications company based uh, based here out of uh, out of Canada, and then had my aha moment when I was on the corporate security team there, and and said, you know what, technology is where it's at. Technology is where we can really drive, you know, so the service side, which really requires, you know, that that um, 
that uh, that human interaction but we can kind of drive drive that to the specialty so so uh, joined uh, joined a software company initially and then joined robotic assistance devices uh, now going on a year and a half year and a half ago love it and then and then what about the uninitiated out there people who have no idea about robotics they they, they can imagine maybe the terminator and you know what what should the uninitiated understand about this so we all have our preconceived ideas of what a robot looks like, right? It's either R2-D2, it's C-3PO, or it's, it's WALL-E, right? You know, we all have an idea. Maybe it needs to look like a person. Maybe it needs to talk. Maybe it needs to move. What I would, what I would challenge people to think about is um, not necessarily the form that it's in, but what it does, right? Are we asking uh, a device? And a lot of times I just refer to them as devices. Is the device able to interact? Is it able to deliver that first layer of, hey, you're trespassing or, hey, you know what? We would rather not that you be in such an, such an area. Uh, and then at the same time, enable maybe an EP agent, maybe someone who's on the security team, maybe someone who's in a security operations center somewhere with information. Right, so there's some kind of artificial intelligence, some kind of human detection, vehicle detection, sort of going on, and then taking care of that basic, you know, sort of first level interaction, and then putting it in the hands of of a, of a human. Now it can be like, okay, that's a um, that's a kid whose whose ball has rolled onto the field. They're going to grab it and 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 walk away. Or no, you know what? That's the third time I see that same person trying to kind of test a perimeter, trying to kind of come in and 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 understand. So that's what I would you know kind of sketch out as a uh, as an idea. Well, I think that's a, a a great example because even when we first talked about having you on and 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 bringing up the topic here. For me, the challenge was, okay, how do we take this out of science fiction and how do we make it applicable, uh, you know, the present or future, but how do we make it applicable to the executive protection industry? Um, and, you know, one of the things that I can most directly relate to are, you know, at the airports and at some shopping malls here in the States, you know, we've got the, the, the robots that are, that look more like R2-D2, you know, that, that are rolling around. And, and to most people, it's a curiosity. You know, they, you know, okay, this is either cool or this is going to cost some jobs, but people see them and notice them. Um, I'm not sure if it's causing a change in behavior yet, and maybe you, you can speak to that a little bit, but I can see that the future is coming. And so why I think it's great when, when we at the circuit kind of have uh, subject matter experts like yourself on, it's because you can help open up a window into how we can use this tech. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's a great point. And it's funny, it's funny you say that in terms of what people see and what people are used to, right? We just had, uh, we just had one of our devices, it's called Romeo, right? It's seven feet tall, weighs about a thousand pounds. It was just at the, uh, at the World Series. So it was, it was in Atlanta uh, doing, doing some work alongside of security service uh, folks that were there. And that was a lot of the, the, the interaction that we had initially was that curiosity, people walking up to it and trying to kind of figure out, okay, well, what's this thing doing? And part of, to me, the value of, of devices like this is, is encouraging that interactivity and, and allowing for that interactivity. So does the device, it can be as simple as, does it have a tablet, 
right? Can someone walk up to it and ask it a question? And maybe that question now becomes, hey, let's connect to a remote center somewhere, right? And now you're having a FaceTime call, just like we're doing, we're doing this, this, this interview, this chat, this discussion right now, essentially as a FaceTime call. Hey, you know, do you need help? Hi, it's, you know, security operations center here. Do you need help? And can I help you? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know where my car is, or yes, I do need help. My my colleague, friends, whatever has tripped and fallen, and and so on. Okay, well now we know where you are, so that so that we can help. And in terms of that sort of you know kind of frontline executive protection, you know someone who's out in the field. To me, it's it's another tool, you know, currently accessible as part of that tool belt. You know that 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 internal and whether that's you know the tool belts up here in terms of the knowledge and the the expertise and 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 uh, and the uh, the interaction with the public, but now it becomes hey let's receive alerts, let's receive information, and then the person can now discern between like okay so I don't have to worry about the the you know trying to spot the needle in the haystack. I'm going to see the needle for what it's for for what it is or for it. what it's worth. Uh, so. In terms of how, how how you look at the tech, do you see it kind of like a, a force multiplier where it's, it you know, one of the challenges I have uh, operationally is I always feel like I need to clone myself. And, you know, and I, I can't be in two places as much, as much as I try. Um, and, and I would love to, you know, again, have other agents out in the field with me on an assignment, but sometimes just logistically that just can't happen. Uh, so... Yep. Do you see this as helping to, I don't say really re replace that, but supplement it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, film is often uses the word augment, right? And in, in our discussions that we've had in the past in different different forums and so on, uh, it's augment. It's definitely extend the reach of, right, of of the security team, and then and then drive the awareness, right? So the security awareness of what's going on, and and so if you have if you're working alone, you know, it could be a safety tool. Right, so for you as, as working alone, it could be that sort of first level of alert, kind of saying, okay, I've got a bit of a perimeter, I've set it up, has to be easy to set up, has to be easy to interact with, right? Easy to connect to and so on. Um, now I know that someone or something is coming that I might need to react to. Oh, it, it's okay, it's the, you know, it's part of the part of the group that I'm working with or whatever, so you, so you know what's happening. So again, it's kind of extending the reach, uh, augmenting, you know, the value, and 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 providing a value add to the person that's uh, that's there and, and essentially giving them access to that to that information that they might not have had um working on their own well you know mark already i can see just a few very simple use cases imagine you're in a detail and you're looking after the penthouse suite you can plop that thing down by the lifts or by the doors i can i can see that or i can see you want some residential protection but you want to be a little smarter, you can send that around the perimeter on the outside, and then you can do a more asymmetric route on the inside. I don't know. I think, I think there's already uses for this. But what, what, I, what I can see happening is other shapes, you know, don't have a preconceived shape, yeah. uh, like the canine uh, robots or like uh, flying uh, UAVs that are robots. What do you think would be the most ideal shape, uh, uh, Elijah? Because I can imagine having some canines in the boot of the car and bringing them out. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because, again, we were talking about this, you know, my mind drifts to science fiction. And I remember Minority Report. And he had to 
do this investigation and he you know he reaches in his bag and he pulls out these uh you know little walking spiders which go under a door and, and give him a, a view of what the area is and and you know so when you when you aren't afraid of tech you can you can definitely use it to, to your to your advantage i guess the question that i would pose though is how do we or how do you educate us as protectors as well as the client because of this is such an unknown and and because the only thing maybe yeah. in terms of their frame of reference is you know science fiction you just touched on i think the biggest point sort of sore point soft point hard, hard point to deal with is industry acceptance right so so from this very traditional you know industry that's that's not necessarily super open to change and, and it's normal for it not to be based on, on what the industry does, right? We're protecting assets, we're protecting people. So we're, it's part of our DNA to be a little bit uh, skeptical of, of, of what's coming up, right? I mean, you kind of worry about what's going on. And, and so that, that, that to me is definitely the biggest challenge. So that inertia, getting over that sort of adoption or that change, that change, management, uh, change management piece. And then um, just being open to the idea. So looking at the different functions that we because I mean we all know that security is as much about security as it is about service right so when we're looking at that kind of range of different different things and different thoughts what do I do in my day or what does the team do or what does you know the company do in a day that absolutely needs to be done by a person and and which parts are like and which parts are, are your teams complaining about it's like, oh, you know, hey, Elijah, I'm, I'm so tired of doing this bit or that kind of follow up or that kind of, and then you're just kind of like, well, wait a minute, if I can have a device do some of that stuff, then they can focus on the stuff that they like to do, right? And what you've done there is now you've just driven engagement, right? So now the, the, an engaged agent is always a better agent, right? An engaged person is always a better one performing better and performing uh, up, to, uh, up to the standards. Well, Mark, what about something a little bit more mercantile? I'm not, I'm not talking about EP uh, colleagues that go into hot zones and charge a lot for their, you know, their, their day rate and all that. But I'm thinking maybe event security, maybe in a more routine uh, operation. Um, how, how does a, a day rate, I, I know this is very, very speculative, right? But how does the day rate for an EP agent uh, in a normal day-to-day -day operation compare to the rental of a robot right now? Yeah, you, typically there's a significant return on investment, right? So what you can say is, and, and, and actually a couple of reasons. So it's challenging to find people for roles today, right? If you have more, go back to engagement, you have more engaging roles, it'll be easier to fill those roles. But for the ones that are just kind of like, I don't know, maybe paint a, paint a bit of a bad picture, you know, sort of the, the overnight shift outdoors in, you know, questionable climate. It's just, you know, hey, I want the day shift you know, in California where it's 80 degrees and sunny, right? And, or the night shift when it's 80 degrees and, 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 and whatever. So, so that, that can be the, so if the choice is, hey, nobody or uh, the right person augmented with devices and, and, uh, and solutions, then that to me is, is, the, is absolutely the winning combo. But um, uh, regardless, I mean, in most cases, in most situations, uh, that we're dealing with on that more mundane, you know, kind of big event, large scale event, you know, sort of big teams, you know, stadium venues, uh, for an example, uh, you know, maybe amusement parks and so on, where you have a lot of people kind of working at, uh, at special events. Well, let's take away some of the, you know, that 
that, uh, hey, I'd love to do a perimeter patrol back there, but we're short someone, so that's the role we're going to cut. Well, you know what? Let's have a couple of devices do that. And it won't be the spiders that Elijah was talking about before, but it'll be, you know, probably surface-mounted devices. It could be roaming devices. You know, it, it could be a mixture of uh, different things. Well, it, you know, when I, when I think about it, <clears throat> again, from the perspective of, of uh, someone that does executive protection, I know to your point, that some of us are resistant to change industry-wide. The other point is, is that there is some self-preservation built into that. Uh, you know, much like the auto industry, uh, when they went from just the assembly line to, to you know, to yep. adding the industrialization and, and, the, and the robots there. So where's the, what's the counter to that, to people that are listening to this and going, well, I don't want to uh, recommend myself out of a, a job. Uh, to me, the counter to that is, I mean, obviously educating the client, right? I mean, I think we want to work with the best clients is, is, is part of it. So, so having the client kind of see, hey, I'm delivering more than just my presence here. I'm delivering tools that are going to back me up, right? So you, know, you go to your example earlier about, hey, I'm maybe working alone, right? Or, or uh, you know, I would like to be too, but budget situation, whatever, it's just not, not worth it. Well, now it's just, it's a lot, uh, offering um, more than just the one person. It's I'm, I'm actually offering insight, skill, coverage, data, maybe too, right? I mean, part of the what the devices are doing is they're gathering information, they're gathering data. You know, the example that I use of, you know, the is it is it the 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 child picking up the ball that rolled across the field, or is it a person now that's actually staking out as you know, then you kind of see them repeatedly. Well, in the back of your mind, you might think, hey, that is that the same person or not? maybe the jacket's just a little different. I kind of recognize the, you know, it's just, hey, I can go back and actually look at footage. I can go back and look at alerts, right? That the, that the device pushed to me and whether that's, you know, directly on my mobile device or back in, a, in an operation center that we, have, that we have somewhere else. And last point on this one is think about the remote capability. You know, all these devices are, are connected, whether it's Wi-Fi, cellular, they're connected somehow. So you might be alone in the field, but maybe you have a team somewhere else right that that has your back uh and then and then can do some of that work uh, for you or with you well then well then mark let's bring some of it to life what what can you add on to these robots currently you know we, we hear about non-ionizing radiation uh in 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 the, in, the, in the airports so they could find out do you have a weapon um what 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 are some of the uses that today people can can use them for in, I mean, if, if, I, if I stay right in our swim lane and, and things that we're really doing, we're really focused on the security service aspects, right? So from a very basic um, intrusion detection, trespassing type detection, whether that's, you know, hu human detection uh, analytics, vehicle detection analytics, face mask wearing analytics, which is kind of, you know, common, commonplace today, uh, loitering detection. Right. So the, these different types of detections can now help you, you know, sort of pinpoint what's what's going on um, in terms of tracking and making information accessible to the people that need it. Now you think about so maybe, you know, as the as the EP person or as a security person that's out in the field, you have information and you're looking at it from a certain perspective. But maybe there are other groups, you know, someone in, in operations, someone in human resources, someone in, uh, in facility management, whatever, that also now need information and, and maybe marketing, you know, hey, how many people are coming in at 
10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock, you know, so kind of getting those sort of insights or kind of goes back to pulling that, that data that, uh, that comes out of, uh, of the, uh, the devices. I like that because, you know, last week or the week before we had a nice session and we, we said, well, nobody knows the principle as well as security, really, even, even some of the members of the family, you, you don't know them that well. And, and to be able to notice things, that is, of course, the EP's job, being observant, being, being, being uh, very much on the ball. So uh, I don't know, Elijah, maybe if I ask you, what do you think you would want out of a, a robot? Like, what would you actually yeah. want? Would, would you want those spiders? Uh, would, would, you, would you want a canine? Um, what, what would you be after? Well, you know, when I think about this and I think about the possibilities, you know, I just find the most value in having another set of eyes that I can tap into, you know, and, and to your point about the data collection that comes with that. Because even, um, I just got off of a, 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 a big tour with the entertainer just now and having a team of 12 that were out with us and they might see something, but then they still have to communicate that information back to me uh, while the performance is going on in real time, in a loud environment, uh, you know, while I've got things going on. So something that can, can package that or process that, or I can, you know, pull up quickly has value to me. And, and I can see that again, applicable, you know, in other scenarios in corporate environments that with the clergy, when you have the, the guests that are, you know, coming in uh, into church or something, you know, where something, somebody's screening them. Uh, and, and something is picking up the, anom the anomalies, something that's happening that, and so, so as we talk about it, I can see value in that. And I can see, you know, once the right case is made, how the client can see value in that, because that's how I look at it. You know, I can't convince the client that to buy a new rifle, you know, it, 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 and yes, this has a great scope or, or yes, this has a, a wonderful grip. The gun's a gun to them but I can talk to them about some features on a piece of tech that will save them time or money. Yeah, what's in it for them, right? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's you're bringing the value to that uh, or a different perspective of value to that, uh, that situation. Mark, I'm interested, you know, even out of your swim lane, right? Even out of that, I, let, let, let's, let's go wild. Where is this headed? Are we all gonna have a canine? Are we all going to have some sort of thing we throw up in the air and it's our buddy that will watch over us on an operation? Paint, paint maybe the most exotic picture that, that, that you can foresee. But, but it's funny. It's funny you say that. that. That's part of the hesitation, right? It's part of it is people have seen the canines. Right, and we 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 have a partnership with with uh, with the company that uh, that does uh, that sort of form factor, and people react very differently when they see it. Some people flock to it because they want to, you know, pet it for lack of a better word. They want to kind of see it interact. Other people take a step back, going like, "Hey, what's this going to do to me?" You know, uh, sort of thing. So, I mean, if we're looking, you know, really way way beyond, you think about. You know, even I mean, I'm looking at my cell phone on my desk here next to me. In theory, you know, we have a lot of that information, that power in our in our pockets already. Now, can our cell phone, you know, sort of, you know, jump out and and uh, and and trip somebody up? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, but I but I uh, I think that you know, in 
fellow me talked about you know what are they drones you know what 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 else could can a robot look like can it be the dog can it be the person walking along you know uh, uh walking with your kids to school uh driving somebody somewhere right you think about autonomous driving vehicles right i mean a lot of that is happening it happens today you know i mean i haven't seen it yet on the highway the person uh, the person you know sort of sitting back in their car re re you know reading a book or watching a movie like this but but it's out there right today that there, there are these autonomous driving trucks and vehicles and uh, and so on but um part of it is in, and you think about security from the point of view of that peace of mind for oneself uh, you know what what can someone carry as their uh, as their uh, their personal bodyguard you know that they have in their in their backpack or their their coat pocket and maybe maybe it is the spiders you know that elijah brought up that uh, that'll eventually uh, come out there um of course there's a couple of different factors you know cost you know to me the technology is there right the the connectivity the cellular the the the, the 5g networks are are definitely strong enough to be pushing information back and forth and and controlling these things but how do you um, how do you create, you know, a device that you can turn on and it automatically knows who you are, right? Because if it's going to be protecting you, who, you know, who you are, and then who the, who the bad person is, you know, that they're, uh, that they're out there. But I, I think that we can uh, let our imaginations go wild, but I don't know how, how beneficial that would be to, uh, to overall adoption. Very cool. I, uh, I, I know we had to be mindful of time. You've got to get out of here. But, uh, and this episode is going to air after the conference. Um, but uh, but I, hopefully the uh, listeners would have had a chance to catch you there and then also pick this one up because it, it is a, a topic that's, that's interesting and we'd love to have you back. Super. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I think I need to, uh, I need to watch Minority Report again uh, just because it's been, it's been a while. So I think that's what I'm going to do uh, this weekend. <laughs> This is exciting and um, obviously a little bit intimidating if you look at it as replacement, but much more exciting if you look at it in terms of augmentation. Fantastic. Well, from Elijah and myself, Mark, this has been a pleasure having you on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, so maybe not the spiders, but <laughs> certainly very useful, very current. They're there for you now. To be honest, I don't know if everyone could afford it, but the price will certainly come down. What What did you take away from today's uh, session, Elijah? Well, hopefully I didn't geek out too bad, but you know, I'm a film school major, so I have relate everything back to movies. But one of the things that uh, I thought was really great about Mark was that he was able to take, you know, again, these these future concepts and show us how they're tangible and they exist in the real world. And so using those examples about having a robot, you know, at, at a, at a football field, uh, or having a robot at the entry to uh, an event, or as we see them right now, you know, inside an airport or a mall, you can see how it, it augments that existing security team and, and we can apply that same type of concept to executive protection, uh, you know, if we have the buy-in, uh, if we have the budget, or if we have the buy-in from the client. Absolutely. And imagine you rented or had a canine, an actual dog with a specific purpose. Maybe mm -hmm. it's for explosives. Maybe it's for people. I don't know. Whatever that talent is. Well, that dog is not going to take your job. And, and, <laughs> True and, 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 yeah. And maybe that's how we need to look at it. It's mm -hmm. there for a role. And it's 
a part of your team, but it's just another asset in your team. Hmm. So I, I, I'm greatly encouraged. And, and of course, it's great to, uh, to talk to Mark. Mark has been... I thought it was a cool episode. Yeah, he's, he, he's great. And he's been doing some great things, especially with ASAS and, uh, and the wider community. What about you? Because I haven't seen you in a while. You've been rather tied up. What have you been up to? Yeah, man. In fact, I haven't been on the podcast for a few episodes. It was really bummed me out. <clears throat> um, so I ran the, uh, we just completed uh, a U.S. tour for a musical artist. And it was the largest tour um, in that musical genre that happened, you know, since COVID. So um, pretty challenging, you know, uh, logged, logged a few frequent flyer miles and also some over the road miles. Um, we hit a number of cities and, and it was about two months of operation for me, but the, the tour ran, uh, ran a month and I just got home a couple of days ago. So it was nice to sleep in my own bed. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everyone can relate to that. And, um, but what about those EP operators out there who have not yet ventured out into the big wide world? What, what have you been surprised to see? Well, it, you know, obviously it depends on the geography, but what's surprising is, is that depending on where you go, you would think that nothing has happened, that that the last, you know, 14 months didn't happen in terms of this worldwide pandemic, just didn't exist. Or you go somewhere and then there are so many new rules and do's and don'ts, uh, you know, with the idea to try and keep people safe, that you have to factor that into your protective operations, because it changes that dynamic uh, significantly. So if you think about it, just, you know, a good way to think about it is, you know, uh, pre 9-11 and post 9-11 going to the airport. It's a lot easier going to the airport, you know, be before, the, um, you know, the, the towers came down. And then after that, with all the introductions of, of all of the systems and the processes to, to try to keep people safe, it became much more challenging uh, in terms of the ease of it. And so, so that's what's happening in this environment. I mean, just with the team that I was traveling with, um, we had to have a COVID compliance uh, manager with us. So, so one of our team, we got cert two, two actually, we got certified in this. Uh, we had to do regular testing for ourselves as well as the protectee, as well as the people that were going to be around the protectee. Um, and, uh, and thankfully that, you know, we were able to, to, um, to get back without any incidents, but there were a couple of major tours uh, on the rock side that had to cancel because they had cases. So we had to treat it seriously and it, and it was a challenge, but uh, again, uh, everything wrapped up well. Could you have used a robot? <laughs> <laughs> That is the question. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. And, and it's great, great to have you back. And, and hopefully we'll see more short circuits and, uh, and, and all sorts of things like that. Um, on, on my side, on what's coming up, I am busy working away on something for the Circuit Magazine for the 19th of November. And mm -hmm. it's going to be good for the UK time zone, good for the PST time zone. And then towards the latter half, <laughs> good for the Australian time zone because we're going to look at workplace violence. Now, this, this mm. could be active shooter. It could be other types of violence. And this is really looking towards people getting back to normal, but yet having trouble and having conflict. And, and I, I think it's really going to be a, a, a zeitgeist type of episode. Um, nice. and, 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 uh, we will release some, uh, some, some details for that. But if you, if you, as a, as an audience could save the 19th 
of November uh, in the UK evening and the PST afternoon and the Australian early morning. That would be very nice. Um, well, the, the, the thing I think is really cool about the circuit media is that we're always trying to bring new topics, uh, new symposiums, uh, new episodes of the podcast uh, that touch on a wide range of, of, um, of areas in our industry. And so even, you know, talking about, again, workplace violence, if, if, if we're doing corporate protection, that matters to you. If, if you've got a client that goes into the office, I mean, heck, if you've got a spouse that goes into the office, these are things that, that are important. And so it's great to get these panelists on and get these different perspectives, particularly from subject matter experts that, you know, that you can access you know, from your own home. You know, we can sign on wherever you are in the world here from Australia to the United States to the United Kingdom, uh, we can all get together, um, uh, absorb a few jewels, take us some, some, some notes, get some good takeaways, and then hopefully that will uh, help us further our individual endeavors. Indeed, and, and those, those individual endeavors actually have played out also on our apps, haven't they? Because yes, our apps, the NABA Protector app and the BBA Connect app, uh, you know, it's a nice opportunity for people to share content, keep in touch, and, and there is a social aspect to it. But I've noticed an increasing number of people saying, you know, can somebody help me here? I mean, I think that's one of the, the, the most striking features about both of the apps is that you can find what you need if you put the request in. You know, the, the, the membership is there, the people that are coming there, and it's such a diverse group. So it's from all over. So, you know, there was somebody on there that, that, that needed some resources in Syria and they actually got put in touch with somebody through the app. So I, I think that's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I think um, as the apps continue to grow, that pool gets larger and larger. So that network expands more and more, you know? Um, it, it's the same idea that LinkedIn has, the same idea that a Facebook has, but we just um, cater it to the, 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 the security community. And I think uh, that has benefits. It has. And it's nice to see the wider corporate security community, including some end customers, uh, getting in on it. Uh, of course, it's True. primarily EP. I know that. But, but it's nice to see the community come together. And what else have we got coming up? Because I know there's there's a variety of events. There's, of course, the IPSB in Vegas in December. No, not of course. Let's bring up Vegas, brother. Come on. Okay. Well, Vegas, you know, it's, 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 it's a great event. Uh, it's going to be 8th to the 10th of uh, December in the Westgate. And, yeah, I think the community is really looking forward to going back and, and, and getting together. Um, well, here's something cool. I am planning on attending. Uh, the, the, the universe has worked against me the last couple of years. I've always been away on assignment. So my plan is to be there. So if any of you guys are listening uh, and you see me around, please say hello. Uh, tell me how much you hate my speaking voice on the circuit uh, podcast. Uh, I won't be upset. It's a great voice. It's very, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's very it has gravitas. There we go. And people should be able to see me because I'm moderating a panel. But let's see if I can, you know, can make here. That happen. Um, so, so yeah, Vegas is going to be great. I, I'm, I'm, I think the, the community is really looking forward to it. Oh, for those of you in the UK on the Saturday, the 13th, there is uh, an EP event in the Victory Services Club. 
and I definitely will be there. And that is quite UK specific, but if you are listening and you are from the UK, you know it the 13th of November, and I'm going to see you there. So lots, nice. lots to play for, really. And we need to see how the winter plays out, but there's going to be room for more meetups. There's going to be room for more collaborations. Yeah, as, as the world opens up, you know, we've all got big plans in terms of uh, increasing the networking, increasing our exposure um, in terms of the, the circuit magazine and circuit media. So, so we'll, we'll, we will try and move around uh, and be able to press the flesh. Virtual is great, but I mean, in person is even better. And if we can't be in two places at once, we could send a robot version of ourselves. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> All right, everybody, I, I recommend you like, subscribe, and share to help us get the word out. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time. Thanks very much. See you soon. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.